Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the First and Moose NFL podcast presented by U92 The Moose, West Virginia University student radio station. I'm Patrick McCabe, along with Manny Mardiege. It's fall break here at West Virginia. Zach Anderson, our other co-host, is driving home today, which must be nice. But nonetheless, we have another important Another important week in the NFL season upcoming, but it's been a little bit since we reviewed last the last uh, week of the NFL, which was le- week three. We'll go back to week four, which started all the way back last Thursday. Dolphins, Bengals. That was obviously a very hot, hotly contested game, uh, mainly for the fact that uh, you know Tua got hurt again, got another concussion. Uh, shouldn't have played in the first place. I don't know how much of a take you have on this, Manny. Uh, But he should not have played in that game. We saw what happened. Uh, I forget what game it was in week three. I think it was the – I'm trying to remember. It was the Bills-Dolphins game um, Mm -hmm. where he got got hurt. And it was very obvious that he got a concussion, but they ruled it a back injury, quote-unquote. Uh, which we all knew it wasn't a back injury. And then you play him on Thursday night last week and he suffers another hit that was, might've been even worse than the first one. And, you know, we, we just talked about concussions in our, uh, store, excuse me, sports storytelling class, not even what a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Uh, and there was a lot of stuff that I noticed in the broadcast that, uh, the guy that taught us specifically said, don't talk about that because you don't want to speculate. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I mean, like, it's weird, right, when you think about it. Um, obviously, now, when something like that happens, after what we saw in week three with, with the Bills, um, obviously, if he, everyone can say if he doesn't get hit like that and he completes the game, this isn't an issue, right, and nobody says anything, but obviously – the opposite happened. He did get hit, and it looked pretty scary there for a moment uh, right after he got hit, how he responded, and then everybody having to come on and wait for him to be be carted off after that. So, yeah, it was unfortunate and very, I guess, poorly managed by the Dolphins just because the risk was way too high compared to the re- to the reward you would have got to it. Like, you would have won the game. Like, that's, that's good and all, but the risk was what ended up happening. Your quarterback suffers again another hit hit to the head and this time it's way worse and it could have been way worse for him um, talking about big picture, but gladly he was okay and was able to travel back with the team. But yeah, it was just, for me, the risk was too high from to play him in there and you don't want to waste it on just one game. Like if you would have won that game, what difference would it have made compared coming into this week? Um, not that much really in my opinion. So I think it was just poorly managed and I think it could have been handled better, but I am glad to see him that he that he is doing better and and it'll be interesting to see when they give it a green light for him to come back because I always think it'll be that little bit of doubt because they told him to come back a week ago and then so I think everyone's going to be a a bit iffy on uh, what their final determination will be. I agree with that as well. I think it was poorly handled not only by the Dolphins but also by the league as well. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news as well. The the I think it was the independent. Uh, doctor that checked him out and said he was okay got fired because oh, yeah. he made a series of mistakes that should have present prevented excuse me Tua from coming back into that game. I don't think he should play for a while to be honest with you because again concussions are such a tough injury. 
uh, not even an injury. It, I mean, it can, it affects your brain. It affects your, the rest of your life. Like he is going to have to deal with this post his career. And you have to look at, you know, previous players that had this happen. Uh, Calvin Johnson was a player that ha- that, you know, cut his career short because he didn't want to see what happened to his teammates happen to him uh, in regards to CTE. Uh, the problem is with football, you're going to deal with t- the problem is that is a major issue with the NFL right now. It's that a lot of players post their careers. You can't diagnose it during their career, but the symptom you can see what symptoms are there. Again, we don't want to speculate, but you can see what symptoms are there. And, you know, when you see something like a Tua where, you know, his fingers are all messed up in a fencing position, as we talked about in the class, it's very obvious it's a concussion. It's one of the biggest signs of that. We saw it last night, too. I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into last night's game as well with Naeem Hines. But that's a very, I mean, he stumbled to the ground very, very awkwardly. And that, I mean, that's the clearest sign of concussion. We'll get into that game because besides that disaster of handling Naheem Hines, that was probably the worst NFL game I've ever seen in my entire life. We'll get into that a little bit as that is week five. Going back to week four, Dolphins, obviously, Dolphins end up losing that game against the Bengals. We'll get into your game first. You lose to the Jets. Uh, is it time? So, me and Zach did talk about this. You finally get your wish. You finally move on to Kenny Pickett. You get rid. You you know you move Mitchell Trubisky to the backup quarterback. Do you think they hit the panic button too soon, or do you think it was the right time for Pickett to come in and take the starting job? Um. No, I mean I think the way it, the season has played out so far, I think it was the right call. Uh, just because. It wasn't going well up until halftime. You you clearly saw it. Nothing really changed from first week to last week in week four. So I think it was um, the right call to make, given the circumstances of how everything played out. The way I would have liked to have done it was probably start him this week before um, preparing for the Bills, then Bucks, then Dolphins, then Eagles. But um, it didn't play out like that. And I think this was this had to be the week, just like, again, because um, – it nothing really changed on offense. It was still stagnant. There were some throws that he made a little bit more down the field, but other than that, it still looked like the same offense. Um, and Kenny did provide a spark. I liked what I saw from him. Um, now he's just gonna have to prepare to go against the Bills and just prepare to go up against them. But I think he did a good job coming in. Um, I thought he was uh very confident, very he got he had a very calm demeanor to him in the in the huddle and every throw he made. I didn't feel like every throw he made could have been like uh interceptor was a bad throw i liked every throw he made and i know he threw three picks but all of them one of them was on a hail mary one of them was a deep shot and the other one was just unfortunate that it was tipped and intercepted so um i think he's gonna do fine um he's just gonna have to learn the hardest way possible again i guess uh going into these next three or four weeks beyond the qb situation you're sitting at one and three right now going into week five. I'm not exactly sure who you guys play. You just talked about it. They're playing the Bills this week. Uh, that's not a tough one for Kenny Pickett to play. And uh, where do you think the issues lie with the Steelers? Is it coaching staff? Is it players? Is it maybe you just don't have the right players on the team? That's a good question. Uh, 
Probably from what I've seen, it's uh it's obviously tough when you don't have DJ Watt out there, right, on the defensive side. Uh that those last two drives against the Jets, they just kind of like folded. They couldn't stop anybody. They had no pass rush. Zach Wilson got out of the pocket, had all the time in the pocket when he was in there. So that's obviously an issue. We haven't won a game when TJ Watt's been out. So that's obviously a problem, right? And you thought it would come against the Jets, but obviously not. The trend continues. So I think defensively, hopefully the offense will kind of complement the defense and get them off the field a lot more because without TJ Watt, I don't think they can stay out there for as long as they, they've usually had to do. So I think the offense has to stay out there a lot more um, to kind of help them out and kind of mask that missing piece with TJ Watt. I think that's the biggest thing right now that the offense has to do. And then other than that, I think it's just that spark that really needs to happen. Hopefully it'll be Kenny Pickett that kind of ignites this offense and gets them out there. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm disappointed so far, but I, I expected more from Najee Harris up to this point. I think the line's been, uh, been playing a lot better than they did last year, just because this Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky hasn't been sacked that much. Maybe I'm going to say maybe six, maybe five times at least, um, or at most, I should say they've been sacked. So the line's not really been the issue. Um, I just, I was expecting more from Najee Harris up to this point, but hopefully he can get it going now. Maybe with the new quarterback, it'll be it'll be easier for him. But I think everybody just needs to kind of get their feet wet and start moving now because the season is starting to kind of pick up now. I can agree with that as well. Before we get into the Eagles game, and I want to get your take on it, uh, we'll talk about Zach's team. They pulled out a nail-biter of a game against the Lions, who – you know, even though the Lions maybe not have the record that they want at one and three, they're still a good team. I mean, they're 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 the highest scoring offense in the league right now, which is something I don't think we would have said coming into this season. Uh, Manny, for you, what did you take away from that for the Steelers? Uh, obviously, coming away with the win and the you know that's a high scoring game as ever. Uh, I think it was a scoregami as well. I think it was one of the it was. I don't know exactly what number it was, but it was the first time that score had ever been uh, that score had ever happened in an NFL game. I think it was like 1,040 something, something like that. Um, but let me get your take on it because that's a that's a game that the Seahawks could potentially take away something from that. Yeah, I think I liked I liked pretty much everything that they did. I think their offense kind of had that breakout game that they were hoping for or they thought that Geno Smith could try and could kind of transition into because we've seen a few flashes from him this year so far in the game against the Broncos he played very well um and then after that the Seahawks was a bit rough and then off a couple games after that there have been some rough patches but I think this game was like the pinnacle of what um this offense could be in terms of efficiency obviously you're not going to get the numbers like this every game uh, Gino Smith threw for 320 yards. Rashad Penny rushed for over 150, and DK had over or nearly had 150 receiving yards. So those numbers are obviously not going to repeat themselves week to week. But um, the efficiency, the limited turnovers that this team can have, I think they could be they could stay in games if they keep playing like this for sure. Uh, they could give a lot of teams trouble, and the same goes for the Lions. Just there, you mentioned they've scored the most points in in the league so far this they've also given up the most points in the league so far so it's a it's a bit tough like that when your offense is clicking but your defense can't can't stop a nosebleed so it, it is tough but I think the Seahawks were fortunate to 
to play in this one. It was a very entertaining game, but I think they could definitely take some stuff over uh, into their next game heading into this weekend, especially for the run game, because I think that was one of the biggest questions with how the line would stand up and Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker. I think this gave them good signs going towards the rest of the season of what they could, uh, they could potentially expect out of these two guys. I really like the Seahawks team. Uh, I think Gino is finally getting that opportunity that I think all West Virginia fans have been waiting for. And I mean, he's balled out so far. Jared Goff as well. I mean, he had a heck of a game. He went 26 or 39, almost 380 yards and four touchdowns. He had one interception, but I mean, that's the stuff that we saw from rookie year Goff uh, when the Rams were one of the best teams in the league. I I think it's good because, again, it's that kind of situation with Jalen Hurts with the Eagles where the Lions are going to have a high pick. It's just a matter of, I mean, we all know it's going to happen. This next, this upcoming draft class is full of fantastic quarterbacks. But I think it might be a case of, you know, if Jared Goff keeps playing like this, the Lions can spend that pick on something else, which I think they want to happen because obviously Goff is a, was drafted number one overall and probably hasn't lived up to the expectations. I think everyone that maybe the Rams would have wanted and, you know, the Lions are hoping he can. I like where he's going, and I hope it. I hope he succeeds. Uh, I would be interested to see how the rest of the season plays out. But yeah, that offense is fantastic. They're they're on they're kicking it on high gear, and they didn't even have their two best players. They didn't have DeAndre Swift, who's out until at least after their bye, and Amon Ron St. Brown was out last week, and he's going to be out this weekend. So the fact that they were able to put up forty five, they still lose. The fact they put up 45, I think, says something about where this team is going. And, you know, I'd say in two, three years time, I want to see where I'd be interested to see where this Lions team is and if they're competing potentially for an NFC North. But we'll get into the other game that we all in another game of the three of us, the Eagles and Jaguars. Manny, I want to get your take on it first. Uh, this is a game that I was nervous at at first, obviously going down 14, nothing uh, It's never good especially in that kind of weather. And that's a game that, you know, at that point I was like, there's, there's a good chance we lose today. And this would be an Eagle. This would be what an Eagles, the Eagles would do. They would lose in awful weather. And it, you know, that's just how it happens, but it didn't for you. The Eagles are the best team in the league right now. I think you can hands down say that they're only, they're only undefeated team. Uh, you can talk about who they played and, you know, that's fair. I'll get, I'll give them that we haven't played, you know, the greatest team so far this season, but they're still four and out at the end of the day. It's not like college football where it's determined on your strength of schedule or your rankings. It's four and out. They're only undefeated team. Yeah. Um, I think this is uh I think this is the last thing I wanted to see the Eagles kind of do. Um, every game they've been up and they've kind of had to manage the score kinda a little bit. Um yeah, I wanted to see them face a little bit of adversity, see what they would do, how they would respond to being down two scores. And uh, they they did very well. That they, they just kept their heads in it. Jalen Hurts seemed, uh, after that first possession, he threw a pick six, I think. Um, after that, it just didn't seem to affect anything, really. They kept the same game plan. Their defense turned up as well. Um, a few, like, errors from the Jaguars that you can't uh, really – uh, plan for, I guess you could say, uh, Trevor Lawrence fumbling it a couple of times, fumbling it on that fourth, 
fourth down there when they went for it because uh, the conditions were awful. They probably would have kicked the field goal, but they went for it because of that. But, uh, yeah, I was waiting for them to kind of respond, even though it's against the Jaguars and they were at home. A lot of people probably thought they would end up winning it um, because they were home. I, I wanted to see how they would respond to finally being down, and I think they kind of answered uh, that question I had of them. And now I think it'll be – I'm interested to see how they play it out the rest of the season because if they keep winning these games, they have the fifth easiest schedule, I think, remaining in the NFL. So if they keep piling up these wins, once they get to, like, win 10, 11, those last six or seven games are going to be interesting for me to, to watch them because after that, the pre- you can't do anything about the pressure because it's going to be there. It's going to be in the back of their minds uh, wanting to win – uh, the entire go undefeated the rest of the season, so that's what I'm looking for. Whoa, 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 we're not saying undefeated yet. No, 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 we're not talking about it, we're not jinxing it. There's no jinxing here on this podcast. I mean, like, if you look at the schedule, who do you think they're gonna lose to? I mean, their schedule is pretty. You play the Cardinals this week, I think it's a trap game, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, at this point, every game. It's in Arizona. Uh, you're back home the next. You're back home next Sunday. Sunday night football against the Eagle or against the Cowboys. Excuse me. That's gonna be a gonna be a great game. Uh, and then bye week, and then you play the Steelers uh, on October thirtieth. Mm-hmm. That's a game that I'll be watching from Texas, as we'll be calling the women's soccer game out there. Uh, I think I'll be the only one actually out there for that one. So that'll be a that'll be a fun one for sure. We'll actually miss miss an Eagles game while we're out in Oklahoma together for twentieth to the twenty third. Right. But getting back getting back to it, Eagles uh, Cardinals. I think you can win that one. Uh, it's a trap. Uh, Cowboys. I want to say you. T- I'm going to say they take it because they're at home and that kind of environment is just going to be an, it's going to be incredible. Uh, Steelers, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I think it's, they're going to probably lose that. They're probably going to win that one. Yeah. Uh, Texans after that, that's a trap game. Cause that's on a Thursday night, four days rest. That's my only, I think that might be the most, uh, stress I'll have until probably, I would say probably the Packers game at the end of November is my, is the next one that I think could really test us. That's six or what that's. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six games. Six games until I think it could be wrong. Their next tough opponent. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's. I mean, I, if I was four now, I'd be definitely nervous because I think it's good for a, a team to lose a couple games just because to go undefeated a whole season. I don't think it really prepares you that much for the playoffs when no. you could be you could be down like two scores and then you don't know how to respond because you've never had to do it. I think this was a game that, I th- like you talked about, they have been up in every game so far, the first three, and then you go down 14 nothing in the first half. And, you know, it was a – or, excuse me, first quarter, it was a terrible first quarter. And then they came back in the second quarter and the third quarter and, and ended up winning that game. I really like what they saw. Again, I think that also – that was, like, the last thing I wanted to see from this team. Now, going forward, you know, we'll get into it. They play the Cardinals away in Arizona. It's a trap game. I still think they come away with it, but we'll get into that a little bit more in just a couple of minutes. Some other interesting scores as well. 
Uh, Bills, Ravens, Ravens blow that one. Uh, that was a massive, massive fail- failure by the Ravens coaching staff, especially John Harbaugh. I, I still have no idea what he was thinking there. And I don't know about you. I have a lot of friends who are Ravens fans and uh, they were not happy. Uh, I think John, this is a hot take. John Harbaugh is on the hot seat, in my opinion. Uh, it's a hot take because he's been consistently good. Yeah. But also, what have they accomplished? They've won, what, one Super Bowl in the last 20 years, something like that. Uh, it's not great for the Ravens, to be honest. So I think he is on the hot seat, especially after something like that. Uh, another interesting score as well. Uh, I'm trying to think if there are any other good ones. I don't think I see any. There's none that like really pop out at me. Um I guess Patriots Packers, the Pack or the Patriots just aren't the team that, you know, we used to know them as. Uh, I think for the Buccaneers, Brady's washed up, in my opinion. It's a hot take. It's another hot take. But it's true. At the end of the day, I think he is a bit washed up. Uh now granted, we'll see how the divorce uh with his wife goes and whether or not the NFL will feel his wrath. Uh I hope he doesn't, because I wanna win another Super Bowl, but yeah, that kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm feeling that a little bit. I thought their defense was going to be a lot better than they have been, to be honest. Ha- but it's been the same for, what, three, four years, basically? Yeah. Like, what have they really changed around? The line's still the same. The linebackers are still the same. Maybe a couple of new players here and there. But, like, it still remains the same from their Super Bowl win, you know, a couple of years ago. So I think that's interesting. Uh, and then Monday night's game as well. The Rams just do not mm. look like the team we expected them to be coming into this season. The 49ers, I mean, you have Jimmy G as your quarterback for the rest of the year, which, you know, ultimately proved to be an excellent insurance policy with Trey Lance going down, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But they played well in that game. I really like where the 49ers are. Uh, I think the problem is you keep, if you keep playing George Kittle as a tackle, what are you right. like? What are we pop? What are you possibly doing? Like Kittle is a top what three tight end in the league, yeah. Uh, in my opinion, so I'd be shocked if he doesn't get more receptions. I know a lot of fantasy owners are mad because he, you know he's being played as a tackle when he should be going out for routes and stuff, and that's where he's most successful. So I'd be interested to see how that goes, you know, throughout the rest of the season. But we'll get into week five now. Last night was a disaster. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but that quite possibly might have been the worst game I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, um, I, I'm just going to have to echo the same thing. I actually watched a good amount of it. Um, I think it ended up finishing with a total of like 13, 14 punts in that game. No touchdown. It was, it was, yeah, it was definitely a tough one to watch. And I think it kind of just summed it up when, uh, when the Broncos fans at home walked out of the stadium when they were going into overtime. Um, they didn't even care if they won. They just had enough of this game. Um, those that did exit had the option to leave and just get it over with, be put out of their misery, and they just chose to do that. Um, but it's, it's weird. I don't know what it is. This Broncos, this Broncos defense is good. I really like their defense, but it's just the offense that can't, get it going i don't know what i don't know if it's the combination of nathaniel hackett and russell russell wilson not being like i guess compatible not being on the same page most of the time i mean what could it be because i i don't know how russell wilson i 
I refuse to believe that Russell Wilson has just dropped off, like, for no reason. Like, I think it has to be something. I, obviously, he's coming to a new team, new system, has to learn everything new. But he he was pretty decent, one of the upper, like, top 15 quarterbacks last year. And now he's playing, like, a bottom 10 quarterback. Um, like, I refuse, like, to believe that it's just, just on him, that he just doesn't have it anymore for some reason after one season. He's got the talent around him. I know they just lost Javante Williams, but Corlin's son's not – terrible jerry judy he's okay he could be better but i think offensively yeah offensively i think they're not the worst in the league so i don't know what it is between i i I have to think it's between nathaniel hackett's play calling his schemes or and russell wilson just not being on the same page because he just doesn't look the same and i just don't think he just dropped off for no reason i think i think the opposite i think he has dropped off uh he also isn't a well-liked individual, which, like, nobody knew until this year when, you know, he finally moved to the Broncos, and basically every member of that Legion of Boom team from, what, 2012, 2013, basically were throwing shade at him, and everyone was so confused. Uh, I don't know if you watched Good Morning Football this morning, but Kyle Brandt went off on Russell Wilson, <laughs> and I think for the most part, it was warranted. I mean... He does not look like the quarterback he used to be. He has fallen off dramatically. And you think about it, a five-year, what, $245 million contract? And you can't be a a Tom Brady who is good on the field, maybe not the greatest locker room presence, who really knows. Uh, or you can be a guy that's a really good locker room presence and a decent quarterback. I'll take that. He's neither. He's awful in the locker room, according to former teammates, uh, and obviously KJ Hamler, KJ Hamler had one reception mm. last night for 10 yards. And this man, I kid you not was wide yeah, open. That was at bad. least that was awful. Yeah. 10 yards, 10 yards of space around him. And Russ just did not see him. I think that is a perfect example of why he's dropped off. Cause that's a play that I bet you 90% of the league would have turned their head a little bit saw him cutting towards the middle of the end zone wide open and be like, oh, move their shoulders, throw it, touchdown, game over. But Russ yeah. didn't do that. Russ didn't do that. I think that's a good example of why he is falling off. This isn't all on him. Nathaniel Hackett is a fraud of a head coach. <laughs> and I stand by that. I made my prediction last year with Urban Meyer, obviously much different circumstances. Uh, but I called it. Urban Meyer would be fired before the end of the year, and I was correct on that one. I still have to get the audio from that, actually. But I stand by this right now. Nathaniel Hackett will not be a head coach by the end of the season. He will be fired. I stand by that statement. He is a terrible head coach. He is not meant to be a head coach. I don't know if you've ever seen the videos of him at the Green Bay, but he's a cringy individual. He's just not someone that's meant to be a head coach. And the you know, the meetings that he runs as well, there's a lot of stuff that came out about him this morning. And I guess that articles that I just haven't seen that just the stuff that he's doing doesn't seem like it would be meant for an NFL head coach. You think uh, he was a, he was a product of just Aaron Rodgers. Like he has Aaron Rodgers. He was just a product of how well that offense ran. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, I would, I, I mean, I'd be stupid to not say that he was a product of that. Uh, it goes both ways. Offensive coordinators can benefit from having great quarterbacks. Uh, you know, quarterbacks can also benefit from having great offensive coordinators. I think in this case, it probably, you know, 
Rodgers is still obviously a top five quarterback. Russell Wilson has dropped off dramatically. And I, I firmly believe that it is on Nathaniel Hackett. He will be fired before the end of this year. I stand by it. Uh, you can clip me on that later <laughs> in the season. Uh, but I don't think he is meant to be a head coach. His play calling is abysmal. Uh, ultimately, I think the I think the Broncos made a grave mistake in not, not only their head coach, but also in their quarterback as well. I think Russell is washed up even more than Tom Brady. And I'd be shocked if he goes throughout that entire contract. I'd be shocked if he doesn't retire before the end of that, to be honest. Yeah, it was one of the – there was three throws that kind of just, like, did not look like – like, forget about – Russ didn't look like Russell Wilson. It just didn't look like an NFL quarterback should have made. It was the one you said to K.J. Hamler. Like, they – that was one play that they schemed right because Jerry Judy went out to the flat and K.J. Hamler – K.J. Hamler's guy was picked off and he was wide open there, like you said. I, I saw it, like, from the beginning of the play. It was very obvious that that was probably supposed to meant meant to go to him, but – Russ just missed him. The other throw was, I think, on like a third, third and ten, maybe. He just like backpedaled and just chucked it, like chucked it into the end zone. There was nobody around. I think it was supposed to go to KJ Hamlet, but he threw it like 10 yards over his head and it was picked off. And the last one that I really didn't like was again on like a third and third and three, where they would have kicked the field goal and put it to a six-point game. He threw a ball into the end zone against some receiver i think he was number 16 i don't know who he is i don't know who he is but he had stuff on gilmore on him one-on-one and if you're a like a top 15 quarterback like russ like they expected russ to be you can't throw that ball to some unnamed receiver really against the other team's best cornerback you just can't throw that ball it was if it was Cortland Sun or jerry judy i could understand it but the guy but that receiver had barely been in the game and to put him against Stephon Gilmore, and then still throw that ball into the end zone. It was picked off in the end, and they got nothing out of it. That was just that was another bad throw. Those three really stuck out to me. Uh, it's just not like Russell Wilson. And you could be right; he could be washed up. But um, I think he's got to change something. Something's really got to change, or else this Broncos team is probably going to be similar to kind of how Matt Nagy was with the Bears. Really, he was good. He was looked at as a great offensive mind. He got the head coaching job, and then it was just disaster from then on. I completely agree with that as well. Uh, I think it's even more tough because the Broncos obviously just sold uh, for, what, $4 billion? Uh, money we'll never see in our lifetimes. Uh, but that's just an obscene amount of money for a team that can't even have a quarterback that sees their their wide receiver cutting in towards the middle of the field on a slant. And I don't know if you follow like Orlovsky or Robert Griffin III, and they diagnosed film extremely well, obviously, as quarterbacks. But they were playing cover one, and the high safety, you know, was clearly turning towards towards the left, excuse me, and he was going to be nowhere near K.J. Hamler had he been able to get the ball to him. Uh, and that's just, again, that's I think that's another mistake by Russ and another reason why I think he has dropped off so much, in my opinion. So I don't know how this Broncos team is going to go the rest of the season. But I don't think Hackett will be a head coach by the end of it. I think he'll be fired at some point this season. But uh, that is a hot take and a half. We'll get into the rest of the week five games as well. First, starting with your game, Manny. Manny, Steelers, Bills. Uh, I think I know what your prediction is. I, I mean, I have my prediction as well. Uh, 
what do you think the score is going to be in this one before anything else? The score, the score Oh, man. is, <laughs> the score is tough. I think we come into this game being like 14 and a half point underdogs. That was like the biggest margin in Steelers history. That's, Yeah, uh, 14. yeah, 14, 14 and a half, something like that. It's, uh, it's not looking good, really, because of, of the injuries we have as well. Um, our two, our, one of our starting corners is not going to play. The other one's a bit banged up, but I expect him to play. Minka's a bit banged up. Uh, I expect him to go. The same with Cam Hayward. They're all just they all just have like nagging injuries, but I expect all of them to play. Deontay Johnson as well. It's interesting because the when I look at the Bills, they give me I see these reports that Jordan Poyer's not gonna play. Dawson Knox has been ruled out. Jameson Crowder's been ruled out. And those are pretty vital pieces to them. They have other nagging injuries on other starters, but they haven't been ruled out yet. So that that just gives me some false hope. Like, hey, some other players aren't playing. Maybe we could, maybe we could sneak one out of there. But I I just can't I just can't put the Steelers winning this one. If we had T.J. Watt playing, that would be a different story. Maybe I would go with the Steelers winning this one by like three points or something. But we still we're still missing T.J. Watt, and I don't think the offense is going to be clicking on all cylinders right off the bat with Kenny Pickett. So I think. I think the Bills are going to obviously win this one. I'm going to say I'm going to say 30 nah, I'm going to say 30 to 30 to 14. I think we scored twice. 30 to 14. That's that's probably that's pitiful. I'm sorry. For the Bills, they have a ton of players that are on the IR right now. 16, in fact. Uh Poyer is out. Dawson Knox is out. Uh Jameson Crowder's out. Xavier Rhodes is out. Uh Micah Hyde obviously is out for the rest of the season. Tredavious White is out for the first four games. So he actually could come back. Yeah. Uh, but he, I think he's still out at the moment. Uh, it was said in an article um, that McDermott couldn't even have practice. Like, they barely had enough players to hold a full practice. So he cut it down to only two days of practice this week, which is unheard of. I still think they come away with this.
it'll be interesting. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Jameis Winston are all questionable for this game. Haven't been upgraded or downgraded yet, so we'll see how that ends up. I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. Uh, I'm going to go in a close one, 21-20. I think the, I think the Seahawks barely pull it out. But I do think in the end, you know, I think they'll be able to pull this one out at New Orleans. We'll get into the Eagles quickly. Manny, for you, they're favored by five. Obviously, I'm going to say they're going to win because the New Eagles fan and they're the best team in the league right now. I, In your opinion, what do you think has to go? What do you think could go wrong for this Eagles team? Ooh, that's uh, – I think defensively, I think the defense is going to have to be – very disciplined in this one because if they have Kyler running around extending plays and making some miraculous plays, this game could get very tight and very uncomfortable for Eagles fans at the end. If Kyler Murray's just pulling out like another miracle, it always seems like one season he has like a miracle game where you know they shouldn't have won, but they they do like to like against the Bills on that Hail Mary. Uh they were a couple last last year and this year so far against the Raiders when he made that great throw. Um if that happens, I think this game could be very tight till the end. But I think that's the biggest thing that Eagles have to do defensively. They just got to smother him, just be all over him. And if they do that, they'll win. I still think they're going to win. I'm probably going to say 27 to 27 to 17 they win. But uh, it could be tight if it doesn't go that way. I agree with you. I think that's the one thing that really gives me concern is being able to contain Kyler Murray. I think they'll be able to do that. Uh, I'm going to go – this is an away game, so I think – it's probably going to be a bit more low scoring for the Eagles. I'm going to go 28-21 for Tutties. I think Jalen Hurts has another good game as well, but I think the Eagles will move to 5-0 and and continue being the only undefeated team in the league as well. It's been an incredible first four weeks of this NFL season, and there's still plenty to go throughout the rest of this season, and we'll be right along with you for the rest of this season every month every week we will be right here talking nfl reviewing and previewing every game we can you're going to want to stick around thank you again for listening to this week's episode of first and moose presented by united to the moose the student radio station of west virginia university i'm patrick mccabe and manny martin signing off thank you and have a good nfl sunday